Take a look at the shelves in the grocery store. The products you see paid for the real estate in the grocery store shelves. Now, imagine those products came with seals of approval for consumption, and the more real estate they have, the better that product is for you. Sodas and chips and breakfast cereal would all be medicine. And, under that same kind of system, broccoli, apples, and oranges would come with a label warning that these foods have not been approved to provide adequate nutrition and have not been evaluated by the overlords. Such is the state of things with plants and food as medicine and the FDA. My guest today is going to talk about his outside-the-conventional business for wellness. The Culinary Libertarian Podcast, episode 114. Welcome to the Culinary Libertarian Podcast, where the philosophy is free, but the food is on you. Hello, folks. Dan Reed here, the Culinary Libertarian. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy to have you here. Happy to be here. My cookbook, Cooking for Comfort, is available on Amazon. You can also find a link for it at culinarylibertarian.com slash cookingforcomfort and see reader-submitted photos of dishes they've made. And there's a link there to purchase a personalized and signed copy perfect for your cook for Christmas. Check out my spice affiliate, Savory Spice, at culinarylibertarian.com slash savoryspice and learn about personalized gift labels for family or office. Their whiskey barrel and hickory smoked salt and turkey brining or turkey rub kits. And don't forget the pumpkin pie spice. For all your holiday flavor wants, visit culinarylibertarian.com slash savoryspice. Meriwether returns to the show. Meriwether was on episode 22 to discuss foraging. Today he returns to discuss healing with nature and also his new company, Medicine Man Plant Company. I'm going to let him remind us of his background formally as well as foraging. Meriwether, thanks for joining me today on the Culinary Libertarian Podcast. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Uh, I did mention in the intro that you were on previously, but for new listeners, just give us a quick rundown of both your educational, your sort of your day job, and your foraging background. Okay, sure. Uh, I like to jokingly refer to myself as a scientist raised by wolves. Um, I have a master's degree in medicinal science, a PhD in physical organic chemistry, but my true love has always been nature. Both my parents were huge outdoors people, still are actually, even in their late 80s. And so I've been able for decades to combine my love of science and my love of nature. First for the oil industry, where I spent 18 years developing new environmentally friendly chemical processes to help get oil and gas out of the ground, and then later transitioning over to consumer products. And in the consumer products, most recently, my love and, again, decades of study of the chemistry of plants and the herbal medicines has finally 
been released onto the world through the Medicine Man Plant Co., where I am the chief chemist, formulator, medicine man. Awesome. And so I'm going to give you a springboard to discuss your new business venture. But I want you to make a point about forging and human wellness and ancient traditions. Sure. Uh, Back in 2008, uh, I started up the Foraging Texas website. And currently, www.foragingtexas.com has over 225 plants and mushrooms and a great deal of information on each. Pictures, mimics, time of year, how to use it, medicinal properties, all that sort of thing. This came about because it was almost forced upon me. I used to have a website devoted to outdoors adventures, but the post that really got inf- or really got people interested is when I talked about the plants. It started being where people would invite me to go camping with them specifically so I could teach them about plants. And from this desire uh, about plants, I realized there, there's an opportunity here. So like I said, back in 2008, I started teaching foraging professionally. Um, the knowledge of the plants goes back again to my childhood. My earliest memories were out with my mom and my dad out in the woods collecting the dandelions and hickory nuts and wild plums and all the different things that were available. Before what we would consider modern medicine, plants, food, anything you consume was really the source of medicine. I remember as a kid going through uh, some pine groves and whatever part of Michigan we were in and the guide saying, by the way, if you just so you know, underneath this hard bark, there's this little tender layer that actually has vitamin C, which nobody, the, the people who died of scurvy didn't know that, boy, the solution was literally right next to them. So there's a lot of information that maybe even colonial people didn't have. Maybe this was sort of specialized to a group of people who knew this stuff. But now, nearly nobody knows this. And so we go to the chemist, we go to the pharmacist, we go to the medicine cabinet and look for a, you know, a sort of light-sensitive proof bottle and open the tab and there, we're fixed. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's going to be easy to beat up on the FDA and we're going to get a chance to do that in a minute. So, but in a way, modern medicine as a practice is really very impressive. The politics of big pharma is far less impressive. And so they're almost at competing ends. So let's take the medicine part and talk a little bit about illness and disease. Now, they've always been part of human life. Big pharma has not always been part of human life. Um, Tell me a little bit about what medicine in any form is intended to do and why your products are a medicine. All right. Well, I have to be careful. I can't claim, you know, because of the FDA, I can't claim the stuff is medicine, but I can claim that the plants involved have different scientific studies that show different effects. But let's go back to the beginning of what people would would consider modern medicine. And that would be in the mid to late 1800s, the first synthetic non-plant, non-mushroom non-wild-based medicine was a molecule synthesized called chloral hydrate, which uh, turned out to be a very good sedative. And then so it was used as an anesthetic or yeah, an anesthetic to knock people out before surgery. Uh, 
the at the time science was just coming to its own the you know kind of the age of enlightenment and everything going on and mankind finally felt through science we would conquer the randomness and vagaries of nature and one of the biggest things of course was medicine all these things that can impact our life you know from infections to cancers to you know what have you so the thought was well if we can make molecules we can make molecules that will treat this stuff rather than relying on the crude plant material you know where the concentrations can vary and you know it's just hard to get you know rather than having all this excess plant material when all we want are some you know a tea from it you know we can just skip all that and make the molecules in the lab and heal everything that hits mankind well the problem is uh, there's there's multiple things in some cases like you said there have been amazing successes the uh, you know like the creation of insulin that's astounding the fact that finally diabetes no longer affects humans or type 2 diabetes because they were able to make synthetic insulin or at the first even extract it from sheep but just learning that insulin is the key to diabetes was amazing but most medicines and when i use the term medicine i'm referring to the western laboratory synthetic molecules in the end they are designed to treat the symptoms of the issue uh, because in a lot of cases the actual cause of the disease is almost at like a genetic level so if we're talking cancers or a number of other you know multiple sclerosis or even allergies in a way they are you know something almost fundamental in the nature of the person and you would have to like completely rewrite rewrite the person's genetic code um i'm going off track here a little but you know, so they're wondering, so what do plants do? Well, the main issue with plants is they work on the symptoms, but they also do help at a lower base level inside the human. Uh, let's look at elderberry for a second, if I may. Uh, the elderberry has a long history of being used to fight infections. There wasn't a lot of knowledge until recently just what it does. But if you think about your immune system, you have the innate and the active forms or, or processes, innate and active systems of the immune system. The innate is the stuff that's constantly on guard, looking for infections and recognizing them right away and attacking them and trying to destroy them. If the innate finds itself overwhelmed by some sort of infection, then it sends a message to the active immune system and then the active immune system comes in and uh, releases the killer t-cells and all this sort of thing to try and destroy the invading material if your lifestyle which most americans lifestyles are uh almost detrimental to their health say the immune system they they have a weak innate system and a slow or 
really super hyperactive active immune system. And so what elderberry does is it, it supports the innate, uh, sorry, the innate one by helping the, the cells of it recognize and prevent the viruses, let's say, from getting into the cells where once the viruses are in the cells, then they can start hijacking the cellular machinery and taking over and producing more viruses. So the innate, you know, go in there and try and prevent that from happening. The elderberry has been shown to help prevent viruses from getting into the cells so they can't hijack the cells. So the innate uh, can you know, still attack them when they're outside the cells. But if for some reason the cells, do, uh, the viruses do get into the cells and we start producing lots of viruses then the elderberry also speeds up the response and number of killer T cells that the innate system has marked as, you know, to be destroyed. And then that comes in. And I feel like I did a bad job of answering your question. <laughs> no, that's all right. And I think one of the valuable things which I didn't intend to ask, and you provided an answer anyway, was, you know, uh, a friend of mine, a friend of the show, John Moody, makes sure. elderberry stuff, and and uh, and it, we see it often. I mean, if you're if you pay attention to anything at all, you see elderberry fixes these things, but nobody really knew why. And so you've given a pretty good explanation yeah. at a very <laughs> at at my common man level, so I can get it. And that okay. that's that's a good understanding. And so you bring up a point which is going to actually be will. Won't be another show. It could be, but part of well, we'll say well because we're Americans, we'll live it. We'll limit it to America. It's probably not exclusive anymore to to us. But humans have developed a really crappy diet and lifestyle, and mm -hmm. and so for the most part, if you're in the store shopping packages of stuff, well, you're really not doing yourself immediate good or long-term good because of the just the the components and the sad the standard american diet are really pathetic and so you you know you know even if you're not keto the broccoli is better than the stuff in the in the container and it's just but that's a whole that's a whole other <laughs> that's a that's a career actually but yeah. anyway so well yes you did make a point about not not being allowed to call your product a medicine, and we're, that comes back to bashing the FDA, which we're going to do in, a, in actually um, in just a minute. Okay, uh, you sound like you had a comment. Uh, no, I, I may have, but as we continue the conversation, uh, things. I, I like I said, I do have to make sure I don't get the FDA. You know put a target on my back from the FDA. Well, that's you probably have one anyway, but oh, you don't need yeah. to make it bigger. Yeah. All right. That's okay. Well, yeah. So, so it goes. Yes, so. Mr. Vonnegut. So it goes. Uh, I do want to talk a bit about how the consumer should evaluate options. But before we do that, let's take a moment out for a word from my affiliate. This year, create customized Christmas gifts. No matter who you're shopping for, you can create personalized Christmas gifts that are sure to be a hit this holiday season. Use my affiliate link, culinarylibertarian.com slash personalized gifts 
to shop personalization malls, extensive selection of ornaments, stockings, funny socks, wine accessories, and more. Personalization Mall has gifts for every budget and recipient from one person or the whole office. Use Personalization Mall to create custom Christmas gifts for everyone on your list. Design personalized Christmas tree ornaments or monogram stockings, engraved glassware, or embroidered blankets. Add your favorite photos, names, monograms, and special message to each gift using the free, easy, customizable options and watch your gift come to life with Personalization Mall's state-of-the-art preview technology, which ensures your gift will be made exactly as you imagined. Quick turnaround means that your personalized Christmas gift will arrive on time, so even last-minute gifts will look like they took weeks to plan. Shop online with confidence and choose from thousands of personalizable Christmas gifts to create the perfect custom gift for your friends, loved ones, or co-workers. Surf over to culinarylibertarian.com slash personalized gifts to order your custom Christmas gift or stocking stuffer or ornament today. That's culinarylibertarian.com slash personalized gifts or click the banner on the show notes page. Now let's get back to the show. All right, I do want to get into the FDA a bit. I do also want to talk about consumers evaluating options, and those two kind of go together. Now, I would imagine you have some experience with the FDA after going through the process of building your company here. This is, this is a tough question to ask because there's sort of two aspects here. The FDA approval seems to come with well, the approval that this, we, we've approved this drug for you to take, but there isn't really any certainty it's going to do more than just manage the symptoms. And this is something that I think is, uh, in the, in the niche of fine tuned human healthcare, managing the disease, managing the illness, managing the source, whatever the words are, versus treating the symptoms, those are two completely different things. Mm. And, you know, and I th- there's there's a lot of discussion about how big pharma is just perpetuating itself by only giving the panaceas and not fixing the problem. But the con- consumer has choices. How does the consumer, what, what does the consumer look at? How does the consumer make an informed choice? All right, let's let's uh, start with the FDA, and so the medicine man plant go falls under what's called dietary supplements. So think vitamins, minerals, over the counter type things to help do something for the person's body. The FDA regulations uh, we have to deal with first is the process of manufacturing the capsules. So there's a whole bunch of rules on cleanliness and recording and testing and tracing. And, you know, think of a a chain of evidence from, you know, the farm or wherever it's, it's, it's grown all the way to the consumer's hands. So the FDA makes sure, you know, everything is done under sterile and stored properly and all that sort of thing. And in some regards that that's, may be beneficial for the consumer that you know the they understand that the 
material has been made under what's called the good manufacturing process. As far as efficacy and how well does it work, the FDA, if you want to call your stuff a medicine, you have to undergo all the drug testing that big pharma would normally have to go to for releasing a new drug, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and, and 10 years or more of, of testing to get, you know, a medicinal approval. Or you can not make any claims uh, or the one claim you can make, and I'm going to read it right off here. The Basically, the one claim you can make is, this statement has not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So you can say that about the product. What you can say are things like, studies have shown that burdock root does speed up the waste removal process done by the liver. Then you have the little asterisk there that leads to the, this statement has not been evaluated by the food and drug. So even though there's all these scientific studies on plants and their powers, the FDA says you can't claim that for your product, your specific product, the formulation you have in the capsules, unless you go through all this testing. You can say what testing, you know, other people's testing has shown about the plants, but you have to make it very, very, very clear to the consumer that you can you are not making that claim for your product. Does that make sense? Or do you understand what I'm saying there? The Yes, it doesn't make sense, but I understand yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and I always point out that, well, these plants, humans have been using them for 10, 20, 30,000 years. There's a lot of experimental data during that time that supports the plants. And that's why the researchers started looking at it and saying, you know, well, you know, they always use this. Let's take a look at it. Does it really do something? Wow, it does. I, I think the fact that we're still here is at least anecdotally mm-hmm. support for the claim that there's something to this. Uh, definitely. So... You know, people can argue that the caveman lifestyle was overall healthier. And in a lot of ways, I really agree with that. You know, the the movement, the outdoors, but the moment you broke an arm or you know, developed kidney cancer or something like that, it really was game over. Um, well, yes. So, so let's say there's your product and people listening to the show know you've been on twice and uh, I have actually, you sent me these and now I've taken them two days in a row. And so here I am still speaking. So obviously if it's a quick acting poison, I would be dead. So that's clearly <laughs> not the case. So, but I also, I know, I don't know you, but we've spoken a lot. We engage on social media. So I, there is, I have a trust factor in you and your knowledge and your product, because I've seen your website, I've followed you on Facebook. Okay, Mark knows what he's talking about. Certainly knows more about this area than I do. So I will, I will accept his his word that these things are so. But someone who doesn't know Medicine Man from Joe Blow, and the bottles are on the shelf, just for you know illustration purposes. Now. This consumer says, well, how do I know? Maybe Joe Blow is not too concerned about 
sourcing reliably, not too concerned about cleanliness and sanitation and yeah, whatever. Well, it's I think that there's products out there that are well dubious. Yeah, and it's I I mean I don't know how to answer the question. I don't know if there is one, but I, I guess part of it is that you learn to trust the people. I mean, Tyler. Well, it wasn't Tylenol's problem. They got nailed because they didn't have a good closure, but they took a big hit because somebody was being a bad guy. Now that's mm-hmm. a bad example, but you know I. Um, Back to our friend John, there he did. I don't remember much about this, but there was there was Ursat's elderberry being sold as the real deal. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what elderberry is, well, it's purple berry. It's round and it's purple. What do you want to know? <laughs> Boy, you could really go wrong. Yeah. So now, just I don't know if there's. I, I don't know what customer due diligence is. What does that look like? Okay, uh, it can be somewhat time consuming. So. One of the first things that I really recommend the consumer do is look at the Consumer Labs uh, website. I think it's consumerlabs.com. Think of Consumer Reports. Most people trust Consumer Reports. Consumer Labs, yeah, consumerlabs.org. They are the Consumer Reports of the herbal dietary supplement world. So they take samples, they test them, you know, they do the genetic testing and all the other sort of testing, every testing you can do to find out, are these capsules really, you know, are these syrups, are these supplements really what the, the person says they are? Um, to actually access that information, you have to buy a subscription to it. So, but if you are, you know, are, have the money and just want someone to tell you what testing, you know, third-party testing says is a good supplement, consumerlabs.com, consumerlabs.org would be the best place to start. That being said, the medicine man still hasn't been taken by them and tested by consumer labs. So the consumer labs, they just randomly take things uh, to remain independent, they don't want companies sending them stuff, so they want to do it on their own. So I highly recommend consumerlabs.com, even though you're not going to find the medicine man stuff there yet. So that's one aspect of it. Another, let's say you're just on you know, a major internet retailer that you know, sells everything from you know, books to Lord knows what, and you're looking at all the herbal supplements there. There are a couple of things that can help you decide which to maybe good and which ones are bad. But again, it takes some time. First, looking at the ingredients. If the capsule has, say, two to maybe five or six compounds in it, I trust that way, way, way more than one that says, you know, we have 12 or 50 different plants in it. Because when you're, you know, basically doing more than five, the amount of the plant or mushroom you're getting is so small as to not even register in your body. So when they are bragging about having, you know, 20 different herbs in there, just just walk on by in my opinion. 
because there's there's not going to be enough of the material. One of the great things about the scientific research out there is a lot of the papers will actually go as far as say, okay, for you know the effect on the human body for a hundred and sixty five pound adult, you know, usually in America, uh, person we tested at X milligrams per kilogram, and so they know how much you need in there. And usually, you you you've seen the pills; they're you know three big pills with a lot of stuff jammed into it because that was based on the scientific studies of how much you actually need. So if you're taking one pill with 20 different plants in it, you're not getting anything. So just walk past those. Focus on the ones that have the smaller amounts of materials in it, a smaller number of plants. Like I say, two to five, six is a good number. So that's one thing. The other thing you need to do and this gets a little time consuming, is then start looking at the amounts of each of the herbs in there. And let's say you're looking at things to help the liver. You will start to notice there's all these companies that have the exact same herbs in the exact same amounts in them. It'd be like seven or eight that all have X amount of milk thistle and Y amount of, of burdock and you know, some other things in there and the exact same amounts. What those are is there are lots of Chinese companies that just slap together what they claim is a pill containing, you know, herb X and herb Y and herb Z. And you, you know, they will just put whatever label on the bottle you want. So when you see a bunch of supplements that have the exact same herbs and the exact same amounts, I would recommend walk past those because that is just some bulk plant in China putting together something and then you know, someone slapping their label on it and selling it. It sounds like medicine drop shipping, well, supplement drop shipping. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Interesting. Oh, you know, you made a comment about the quantity of ingredients in the tablet. And I uh, sadly followed this, I put it on fast, but this, this commercial thing for this remarkable breakthrough, blah, 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 blah. And just the guy's life story, get to the end and it's, it's, I don't know, a lot, 15, 20 of these miracle compounds and just take, only take six pills a day. I think, dude, I'm not taking six pills. And so, but I, yeah, so your point is I've seen that I've, I've seen those commercials for these miracle pills and the only miracle is you separate people from the money. Mm-hmm. You make really, uh, yeah, in those cases, uh, I was going to say you, you make really expensive urine, but uh, there's so little of anything in there that, yeah. So that's, uh, so those are the two things. Really then what you look for are companies that have good reviews from lots of people. Uh, and if you reach out to them, they're willing to talk to you about the products. If someone contacts the medicine man plant company, sends a, an email in, I am the one answering their questions. So, you know, that might be the, the, 
an easy way to find out who's who's behind the product and send an email and do you get a response and that's that's actually I, you know I should have thought of that that's a that's a really easy solution to the problem and you have the website printed on the label so yep. it's, it's you're not hiding whereas sometimes it would be difficult to find yeah we were chatting a few days ago and you made an interesting comment to me and I'm going to restate it but not verbatim you said that if people keep taking these, I have failed. Now, that's an interesting idea. It doesn't really sound like a very good business model, but what what does that mean? Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. And when I say back to the beginning, 30,000 years ago. So a lot of the herbs and mushrooms that the medicine man would supply to his tribe were to deal more with lifestyle issues. Like I said, they, they couldn't diagnose a brain tumor or you know, things like that. They could see infections, but it was all surface stuff or just things that occur, frankly, as people are getting older. You know, as a person ages, things don't work as well as they did. And so it, it a lot of the, well, to restate it, the the business of the medicine man was to help the tribe with their lifestyle issues. The herbs were then a crutch in most cases to help the person while the medicine man then worked with them to try and change the lifestyle. So, you know, get them more active, uh, more involved with the tribe, something. And so that's how I view the medicine man plant company is yes, these uh, materials, these these herbs, they are to help you while you make some fundamental changes in your life. Lose the weight, get more activity, get sunlight, uh, you know, get out in the social, talk to people, do those sort of things that change your lifestyle so it reduces the need for these things. Uh, one of the things we're coming out with, and again, I have to be careful here, is uh, the blood pressure pill to help people maintain their blood pressure in the recommended zone. Um, that can be done in a lot of cases with lifestyle changes if the person is willing to put the effort out there. And my goal, like I said, if people contact me, uh, start giving them some lifestyle tips, help work with the whole picture, if you will, to really try and convince the person, yeah, you can take these pills and they're going to help, but what you really should do to, to, you know, have a high quality life and maintain the health you, you really want is let's start doing, you know, walking for an hour a day. Let's start, you know, reducing the amount of processed food you're eating things like that. So the goal is by changing the lifestyle, they no longer need the capsules that assist with the lifestyle. Does that make sense? You know, like even the brain pill, it has some great powers, but you know what? Getting eight hours of sleep a night and, you know, kind of detoxifying yourself away from social media and the worries and the stress that would have a big role on memory and focus and all that too. 
How many people get eight hours of sleep a night? Or more importantly, figuring out how many hours of sleep you need to have a proper functioning brain. Well, I think the second point is probably really the one that's relevant because I, I, um, my wife on an ideal day, she would be thrilled to get 10. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do with 10 hours of sleep. I wouldn't sleep for 10 hours. Yeah. I mean, on rare occasions, I have really powered through and gotten seven or eight hours of sleep. But generally, that's just not going to happen. So I, but, but I'm, I, I think your point is pay attention to your body and know what it is that's optimal for you. And mm -hmm. a one size fits all, you must have eight hours of sleep. Well, that's obviously that's a suggestion that's not going to work for everybody. Right, but, right, yeah. but being, but being aware of how you feel when you eat say, a bag of cookies versus how you feel when you eat a couple of pieces of really superior cheese and a good piece of cold cut or ham, mm -hmm. that's a big difference. And, and it's, a, it's a funny thing that uh, it took me reading the Big Fat Surprise book and then talking to people who were in the keto lifestyle to get, and, and lots of, a lot of reading on my part, but to get to this understanding that if, Okay, broccoli is technically it's a carb because it isn't fat and it isn't protein, but mostly we think about carbs as you know, anything that's got a grain in it. Well, right. yeah. as far as your body is concerned, grain is just a fancy form of sugar. It takes a little bit more work, but it turns into sugar and some other junk, and you end up pooping that out. But if you're lucky, is, <laughs> if you're lucky, this is all of this. No, I'm a baker. I love mm -hmm. I love baking and eating the things that I bake, but it it comes comes with a price. It comes with a big price, and it's not the kind of thing you see right away. It takes a long time. But now I'm a I can say, whoa, man, I really feel I feel exhausted. I feel my brain's foggy. I feel bloated, and all of these things are related to what you put in. So a good piece of ham and a couple of pieces of cheese, and I got energy. I'm ready to go. I'm clear. I'm sharp. I can. I can. Wow! It's it's astonishing what happens when you pay attention to what you're doing to your body. Yeah, this is very true, and that's one of the really interesting feedbacks we get from the people taking this. Is okay. So uh, we didn't send you the liver pill, but one of the things they noticed, and at the risk of uh, you know, offending some people, they they are having really significant poops, <laughs> and so yeah, that's that's part of what the liver is doing. They're helping getting everything out of your body, and that's one of the ways uh, the stuff leaves. So, well, one of two, yeah, one of two, yeah, <laughs> three, well, and two, well, four, yeah, and been breathing too. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah, but all right, uh, let's. Get back to, let's get into your products, and I want to talk a little bit about that. But first, let's take a moment out for Jake to tell us about his Tasting Anarchy podcast. Hey everyone, Jake here, host of the Tasting Anarchy podcast. Join my co-host Mason and I each week as we explore the world of wine and alcohol through a liberty lens. You can find us on all your major podcatchers, tastinganarchy.com or Tasting Anarchy on Twitter. Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Find out how much government is in your drink. 
right, so we talked about you sent me the immune pill and the brain pill. Uh, you've mentioned you have one in the works for blood pressure. Tell me more. Tell me the other two products and uh, a little bit about, without getting too into it, how uh, how do they work? And then let's talk a little bit about, well, some cautions because all pills aren't for all people. Sure. Okay. So currently, uh, I have four products out. We have the brain pill. And the brain pill is a mixture of the lion's mane extract, the lion's mane extract, the glycosides in it, it's been shown to improve and increase the neural connections in the brain. So you get more connections going on, more of your brain cells can talk to more. So you get better in-brain communications. And just so people know, lion's mane is a mushroom, right? It's a mushroom, yes. It's found all around the world. It's found here in Texas. It's found in Asia. Uh, it's actually a very good mushroom taste-wise. The brain pill also includes sage, the culinary sage. Uh, what the sage does, there are compounds in there that help maintain the focus and attention and a overall positive mood. And then the ginkgo leaf, the Asian tree ginkgo, uh, what it does is it's been shown to increase the blood flow to the brain. So if you have more blood flowing to the brain, uh, you also have more oxygen going to the brain, which the brain needs to do all the chemical processing, the, the oxygen and the glucose. That's the, the fuel and the air the brain needs to burn to function. And again, the statement has not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. So that's the brain pill. The two recommendations or two cautions with it is one, I personally do not feel it should be given to children whose brains are still developing. A number of people say, like, my child has been diagnosed with ADHD. Uh, can I give them the brain pill to help with that? And where is there is some research that shows the lion's mane uh, helps with that. I think there are better things getting the person outside. There's a lot of research that shows uh, getting kids out in the wild where all their senses are being stimulated is going to help them there. I don't like, even with herbs, chemically modifying a child's brain. The other caution, uh, because you have the more neural connections, it can lead to vivid dreams. So if you're the type of person that has terrifying nightmares, I recommend taking the brain pill in the morning, not later in the day, just because there's been a lot of reports of uh, really vivid dreams from people who have taken it later in the day. The other pill that we sent you is the immune pill. And this is a mixture of the elderberry, which we talked about, the echinacea, uh, which uh, really works on just the innate immune system, whereas the elderberry works on both the active and the innate. The self-heal, also known as prunella vulgaris, which uh, has a long history and scientific support for it being both antibiotic and antiviral in action. And then there's a mushroom called cordyceps mushroom, and from that, we're again, we're using an extract where we're getting the glycosides because those glycosides have been shown to help uh, maintain the proper immune system communication. 
So uh, you know, between the innate and the active. And if you think of it, think of it as an immunoregulator. When the immune system needs to kick in or kick up a notch, it will do that. But in some cases, if it's starting to become too active, the cordyceps can help dial it back down to, you know, think of it as matching, you know, force matching. Like when they talk about police that, you know, the police, they shouldn't use anything more than what the perpetrator is using. Well, uh, kind of the same thing in the immune system. You don't want to over fire your immune system. So the cordyceps helps prevent that. And then vitamin C. Most people understand they're supposed to get vitamin C every day. They don't quite understand why. Vitamin C plays a bunch of roles, but one of the key roles is it is the messenger molecule between the innate and the active immune system. It's also the glue that holds your body together. It also has all these other processes that it's part of in your body. And so if you lack vitamin C, or if you are deficient in vitamin C, the body has to decide where it's going to use that vitamin C. And in the case of the immune system, that's actually kind of low on the totem pole as far as the body is concerned. So it's going to put the vitamin C other places. So we put the, the minimum amount of vitamin C a person is supposed to have for complete use of vitamin C. Well, it's, it's interesting that the body discriminates other functions ahead of the immune system. Yeah. It's, well, it's, I mentioned it is the glue that holds your body together. If we can go sideways for a second, let's talk about scurvy. Scurvy, you may heard from history, is a, you know, it's your teeth start to rot because you're a lack of vitamin C. Your gums and your teeth rot. Well, what's going on? is the act of eating is very hard on your mouth, especially if you're eating a traditional diet that has hard, crunchy things, nuts, uh, seeds, things of that part. You end up with little cuts and tears in your gum tissue. If you have vitamin C, those can heal because, the, like I said, the body uses the vitamin C to bind cells together. It's the glue between the cells. If you have vitamin C, your gum tissue can heal really quick. It's the fastest healing tissue in the body. If you don't have vitamin C, you can't seal those cuts and nicks. They get worse and worse. Your gums, just through the act of eating, start to get degraded and destroyed and your teeth start falling out. Meanwhile, there's other processes in your body that are not being done because you lack the vitamin C, but the most readily apparent is this damage occurring to your gums and your teeth because that's where it's being hurt. But your body really decides holding the body together, especially the skin, by maybe healing wounds quicker or quickly, you reduce the chance of something getting in, some sort of anti, uh, sorry, some sort of microbe or virus. So by maintaining your skin, your outer defense, that the body decides is more important than an immune system. Because if you can stop, you know, the enemy, you know, outside the gates, it's better than trying to fight it inside the gates. No, that makes me, this is why I asked the question. I made the comment because it didn't say, well, hang on, what's going on here? But that, that makes good sense. So, uh, I think I got the word right. Glycosides. Yes. Is there is there a 
chemistry 101 explanation about what yes. that is? Yes, there there is a chemistry 101. So a glycoside is simply a sugar molecule. You know, you might remember you know, sugars, they're the the C6H12O6. So six carbons, uh, 12 hydrogens, six oxygens linked together in a specific way to make sugar. So you have the sugar molecule, and then you have some of those hydrogens replaced with other chemical shrubbery. <laughs> it's the easiest way of describing it. So the, the base molecule is a sugar, and then you've stuck other chemical structures onto it. So depending on the types of extra shrubbery attached to the sugar molecule, you get different processes or different effects in the body. But the mushrooms, they are very high in these glycosides. Remember, mushrooms are not plants. They're not animals. Plants have a cell wall around their cells, usually made of cellulose. Uh, humans or, well, animals have a cell membrane, and that's usually made of a fatty lipids. The mushrooms, they have a cellular membrane that is mainly made out of these glycosides. So they're, they're a totally different life form than animals or plants. And so their, their base structure is different, but it turns out their base structure has a lot of potent effects in humans. Some of it not so good. Some of it not so good. Yeah. <laughs> so if I'm this, if I remember correctly, and this may not be true of all of it, but mushrooms are funguses. Yeah. Fungi but and mushrooms. Yeah. So I'm, just because I'm curious, are all mushrooms fungus, but not all fungus is mushrooms? The term fungus and mushroom is interchangeable. All fungi are yeah. mushrooms. All mushrooms are fungi. Okay. Well, we don't need to go further than that, but this is one of those things that my kid would ask and say, well, I don't know. But now I, now I know. Yep. And so, all right. So let me uh, continue on the immune pill because one thing we didn't cover yes. is the cautions. So one of the effects from, in particular, the elderberry is a increased response of the killer T cells. The killer T cells are what go out and destroy, quote unquote, the invaders. In the case of autoimmune diseases like uh, Lyme's disease, or sorry, lupus, uh, Hashimoto's disease, rheumatoid arthritis, muscular sclerosis, sclero I can never say that word. Um, that is a situation where a person's immune system has decided different tissues inside the immune system are, are sorry, different tissues inside the body are the enemy. And so uh, they go out and they try and attack those tissues using the killer T cells and the, the active immune system. And so if you strengthen the active immune system, if you make it more powerful, you end up, in the case with an autoimmune disease, you end up attacking your own body more. Most people uh, with serious autoimmune diseases 
are put on drugs that suppress the immune system to keep it from attacking themselves. Uh You may also know, uh, like if you have an organ transplant, uh, there's a, a problem with rejection. You can't just you know get an organ, a kidney from anyone. You really have to try and match all these biochemical features of the kidney. That's why it's best to get it from you know someone really genetically close to you. But even then, the body recognizes this is not me, and it will start attacking that organ to try and get rid of it. And so, people who have had you know, organ transplants, they are also on immune suppressant drugs to prevent this from happening. So if you are on an immune suppressant drug or have an issue where your immune system is attacking something it shouldn't, the uh, herbal, traditional herbal immune system strengtheners are bad for you. Now, there are other ways of fighting infections than through directly using the active immune system. And I'm looking into something for that, basically an immune pill for people that can't take traditional immune stimulant type stuff. There's other features, other processes the body has that I'm trying to harness herbally to help with that. Interesting. Well, as it happens, my wife has recently made diagnosed with Hashimoto's, oh. and she got a whole bunch. She got a, 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 a mini pharmacy of stuff, and I don't even know what these things are. But what I do know is that one pill had some some herbs in it, and one of them was the organ grape root. Yes. And man, oh man, oh man, that did not play nice with her. Okay, so the organ that's uh, Mahonia, that contains a chemical called berberine. That's the one. Yep, and so berberine, that is a uh, a blocker. So uh, it is an antibiotic that basically prevents the bacteria or the microbes or the virus from getting into the cell. We talked about earlier, especially with viruses, where they want to get into the cell and take over the cellular machinery to make more viruses. So the berberine, it it helps block that. So it's not using the immune system to stop the infection. It's going after the bacteria and working as an antibiotic, killing the bacteria inside the the body before the bacteria can reproduce, but also trying to interfere with the uh, viruses getting into the cells. So it will help protect her from infections without triggering the immune system, which would then attack her thyroid. Well, and that's the issue, but the, the, no, I, it's, it's, it's been maybe two months since she had this diagnosis and got these things, but all I know is that her, her words about what this is doing to me and how it's making me feel, this is not, this is, this is not a pleasant experience. So she stopped taking it. She figured out that that was what it was. And okay. uh, so, I suspect I, I, in that case, it may be attacking the uh, the microbes in the gut. Remember, in your stomach and your intestine, you have a whole bunch of, in a healthy person, 
good gut bacteria. And so once you start taking antibiotics, there can be an issue there. So, and- Oh, yes. And that's, I had no, I was in 2020 has been a pretty much of a crap year for everybody, <laughs> except one thing I learned was the gut biome is a is is unknown as the bottom of the ocean. It's a fascinating mm-hmm. world where that little teeny amount of space compared to the rest of your body has a huge impact on the rest of your body. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a fascinating topic, and I need to learn more about it so I can talk to somebody about it. But um, all right, so what we haven't you've mentioned it, but we haven't really said it. What's the name of the company and what's the website? How can people find you? Okay. So the name of the camp, uh, company is Medicine Man Plant Co. And to find us, you can just go to www.medicinemanplantco.com. And on there, it's a whole bunch of details on each product, the actual compounds inside the herbs and what they are doing in your body. You can buy the product directly from Medicine Man, or uh, there are also links uh, to purchase it from Amazon. I will admit that we prefer you to purchase it from Amazon. The reason being is the more people that buy it from Amazon, the more impressive the product looks to the automated Amazon uh, algorithms, and then the more people Amazon shows it to. So I could be a small guy in a hut selling the products to whoever could, you know, wander within my shouting voice distance, or I can sell it on Amazon and sell it to the world. And frankly, the world sounds good. Yeah, the world does. So, well, I will do my part for that. And I will put a link to the medicine man, Amazon page on today's show notes page which is culinarylibertarian.com slash 114. Excellent. Uh, does Medicine Man have a Facebook page? Are you on social media? Yeah, so, yeah, we have the – that's a good question. So only, I, we have it. It's I'm still building the activity. Okay. Um, let me just, yeah, so uh, facebook.com, Medicine Man Plant Co. Cool. I will also put a link there so uh, people can – chat you up and see what's what. Yep. And like I said, if you reach out with questions, I am the one who will be answering them. Well, and that's really, I think that that's probably the best way for, and not just this, not just this product or any supplements you take, but any company at all. If you reach a person quickly, Mm -hmm. that's a good thing. And I just, I've, I've, we bought a product completely unrelated to human health, and it was missing a part. And I called the number, and nobody answered. I went to the website, and I got a four or four. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this, this is this is a frustrating customer service experience. I'm not inclined to recommend this company to anybody. So uh, this is that. It sounds like really the key, even in as fast paced a world as it is, good honest customer service is a great way to distinguish the good ones from the bad ones. 
Like I said, the, the, I might be a little slow to respond on weekends because that's when I'm out, you know, teaching people about wild edible and medicinal plants on all these plant walkabouts that I do. But even then, I, you know, I will do, you know, try and get it within, you know, 10 hours, 14 hours of your question. During the weekdays and, and evenings, yeah, almost instantaneously, I'll get an answer to you. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. And thank you for sending me these. And I'm looking forward to figuring out how to do calculus here pretty soon. <laughs> All right. It will help with that. Of course, I never learned. So it'd be a bit, uh, doctor, doctor, can I still play piano? <laughs> no. Well, I never could. So that's all right. <laughs> Mark, thank you so much for your time today. I do appreciate it. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, folks, that's going to do it. Meriwether did mention the tablets are big. Now, they're not huge, but if you like the idea of this product but aren't keen on tablets, some customers do open them and then add the contents to a breakfast smoothie. Get the same benefits with a different delivery system. Get your Thanksgiving mise en place ready. Start with the recipes on the Thanksgiving slash Christmas tab on the blog page, culinarylibertarian.com. Please share this episode on your social media feeds with all of your friends and rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcatcher. Have a great week and I'll see you soon. Music for the Culinary Libertarian podcast is provided by Matthew Bankert at mattbankert.com. Now, okay, let's go. Calculus is easy once you realize you're just chopping things up into small pieces and adding up the area of the small pieces. That's all it is. You're, you're finding volumes instead of trying to figure it out how, how many, you know, what's the volume of a five gallon bucket? You're chopping it up into teaspoon sized pieces, figuring that volume out and then adding everything together. Trust me on that. It's not, I do because I never took it. I never even bothered. It was algebra two is all I can manage. Ah, nope. Yeah. Calculus. It's all about finding the area. This is one of the reasons I'm not a chemist. <laughs> one of many, many reasons I'm not a chemist. But in my own way, as a baker, I'm a chemist. But yeah. you know, it's, I it's say, a different you are story. Definitely a chemist. Well, in in a, in a way, I mean, I, I can't do what you do, but there, it turns out that there's lots of people who say they can't do what I do. Hmm. But I can teach them that. There so you go. that's another show. That's <laughs> I've got a, 113 shows like that. All right, now we're just rambling.